All righty, guys. Welcome back to the Backyard Spiral. And for our listeners in the States, it's a beautiful time of year. Weather's getting a bit cooler. Leaves are changing. But most importantly for our baseball fans, it's time for some playoff baseball. And like I've mentioned before, I'm not too big into baseball, but what better time than the present, right? So I'm a Cincinnati Reds fan, and we unfortunately did not make it. We were two games back. And I know for you, Galeen, as well, the Mariners fell a little short as well. Just a little short. Yeah. So for me, at least, I want to pick a team to root for and just um, follow. And the team that I've been thinking of, my uh, buddy Brandon, so shout out to him. He's been telling me a lot about baseball and stuff. And he's been telling me about the Baltimore Orioles. And they haven't won their division since 2014. They don't really even have a star on the team. And they just have these three young studs that I've been reading about. And Lee Rutschman. I'm sorry if I mispronounced that. He's the catcher. Gunnar Henderson, the shortstop. And the young arm, Grayson Rodriguez. So it's a young, hungry team. And so I think I'm going to rock with them this year and just see how it goes and start watching more baseball. That's actually very interesting. Um, So you, you mentioned the Mariners. Actually, growing up, because the Mariners always sucked the entire time, <laughs> um, and because there was a 2001 All-Star game in Seattle um, in which Cal Ripken Jr. was the biggest star of the game. It was his last All-Star game. This is a history lesson. Um, his last <laughs> All-Star game, and he hit a home run. Cal Ripken, um, for those people who don't know, an absolute legend. He played in, uh, off the top of my head, 2,630 consecutive games. The previous Jesus. record was 2,130. So he he beat that record by 500 games, right? Uh, absolute crazy. legend. He played in Seattle in 2001 for the All-Star game. He was a lifelong Orioles player. Um I've always, always loved the Baltimore Orioles for some reason. A small team um, surrounded by, in in a division of much bigger, more prominent teams, obviously play in the AL East with uh, uh, the Red Sox and the Yankees. Um, and they got the, you know, they got the uh, Blue Jays and, and uh, Tampa Bay Rays in there too. But uh, it's definitely a division of those two big teams, the Red Sox and the, the Yankees and the uh, but I've always had a, a fandom for um, the Baltimore Orioles. So they are um, they, so they are already in to the ALDS, right? Um, yeah. So, so looking at the AL, um, the Baltimore Orioles, they're the number one seed in the AL and they are in the ALDS waiting on the, the wild card series of Tampa Bay versus the Rangers. Um, on the other side, you have Houston um, and they are um, waiting on the winner of the twins and the uh, blue Jays. And then in, in the NL, you have the Dodgers uh, already in the NLDS waiting on um, Arizona and Milwaukee and then uh, Atlanta, who I think had the best record in baseball this year. Ronald Acuna, okay. we talked about him having a historical season. Um, they're waiting on the winner of Philly and uh, the Marlins. So uh, those are the wild card series. Um, do you? So you said you want to root for... Um, 
the Orioles uh, going into the playoffs. One thing that's different about the baseball playoffs, more so than any other playoffs, it can it can be very random, right? Because you can't a hot so a hot pitcher a star especially historically now obviously they use a lot more um uh they use their relievers a lot more so those are the pitchers that come in after the starters yeah, yeah. has played several innings um but typically if you have a great starting pitcher um or, and multiple on your staff you you're in a good spot but um any given any given game you know you you can have a pitcher either go lights out you know go six seven eight innings give up one run maybe um and that you know that team's gonna win vice versa you might have a great pitcher they get roughed up in the first inning give up like six runs in an inning and now your your best starter has lost the game so it can be very random it's very exciting in the playoffs for baseball um, so I'm excited to have you kind of follow it this year. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, kind of like you said, it's my first time actually like following. So it'll be cool to like tune into the game, see how it goes. And so a pitcher's not going to pitch the whole nine innings, right? Unless he's, I've seen all these guys do like, um, I for, I forget what they call it when, when he's, or uh, uh, throw no hitters. So they must play all nine, but usually they don't, right? It's It's becoming more and more rare. Um, for pitchers to to uh, have a complete game um, in it, it it's now become more of a philosophical thing um, like you look at Houston Houston has Dusty Baker's their manager that's an old school manager um, if you know he's he's got Justin Verlander on the staff he's probably the type of manager that you know if Justin Verlander or some of his other starters are are pitching well going into the seventh inning. He has no problem with them pitching the seventh, eighth, even getting a complete game if they're going strong. Um, yeah. Other other managers, Tampa Bay, uh, for example, um, they're a lot more reliant on their bullpen. So e- even if a pitcher has been pitching really well going into you know the sixth inning, they might they might not even finish the inning. Um, for oh, those so, depends, so it's yeah. exactly it's it's very much dependent on on team culture but there is more of a trend in baseball throughout to not have pitchers go deep into games which i which i hate because like you know when i was when i first started watching baseball this was around you know 2000 when i was a, when i was a little kid right so 2001 to yeah the, the that was the time where like you still had randy johnson Pedro Martinez, my favorite, um, you know, Tom Glavin, those type of guys, Greg Maddox, where like they would pitch nine innings all the time, you know, multiple times a season. Um, and, but you, you, you know, you don't see a pitcher have now, you know, the guy that lead leads the league in uh, complete games might have two or three complete games. So like, you know, Dang. it's, Yeah. 162 is quite a bit. I can't imagine. And they always play like when they do like the series and stuff, it's it's like two or three straight games or like back-to-back days. Like they can play one night game and then come back in the morning. So, so it's not the, even thing, okay, the thing also to keep in mind with, with starters in baseball is they only pitch 
every five days typically, right? So in a seven-game playoff series, you're probably going to have one pitcher pitch twice, right? So it's very, very atypical um, for a pitcher, even in a seven-game series, to pitch three games. Um, that wow. you know, it's it's more more likely that they'll they'll pitch two games max in a seven game series. So, um, you know that that is is one thing to consider, and that adds to kind of the randomness of of baseball. In that, yeah. like you might have the best pitcher, um, you know who's who's just absolutely dominant, but then they're even even they can only win you one or two games, right? Um, so, oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 wild in the playoffs. So who so who are you taking? I'm obviously rocking with Baltimore. Who's your prediction? I think I'm gonna rock it? with Baltimore too. Um oh heck yeah. <laughs> I think I think the more conventional picks, like like you said, like they don't have any stars on the team really. Yeah. Um very young team put together through through the draft and their own minor league system. Um for the most part, I it would be more conventional to take a team like Houston who won last year or even in the NL take one of the front runners there, the Dodgers or um, the Braves. But I, I think I'm going to go with, with Baltimore. I think um, they've had a great season. They haven't won. I want to say their last world series win was in like 1983. So it's been, it's been a really long time. Uh, it'd be, yep, it'd it be was 1983. Let's look it up. Yeah. And um, yeah, so a lot of stuff uh, going on there and we'll follow it as it progresses and um, as it goes on. But we have a lot of news in the NBA as well. A a lot of free agency stuff. Season starting there soon. So a lot of pieces were moved and the biggest one obviously being Dame. So let's talk a little bit about that trade, what it means to both teams and where everybody ended up. I I I love that trade for the Bucks. For the Bucks. Um, yeah. Because for the simple reason that um it I think it really helps Giannis. Um we saw in the we, we saw in the playoffs last year against the Heat, um, he was terrible at the foul line, right? And yeah. every team in the league knows that I mean he's he's a dominant player, he completely dominates the game, but you can foul you you can get him into foul trouble late in the game because he's the bet he was the best ball handler or and playmaker on the team. Obviously they had Drew Holiday last year. Um not taken away from him, but typically it was it was Giannis who had the ball late. But that's a that can be potentially be a problem because you know instead of letting him drive to the paint, get dunks, get pass, you know, passing out to three point shooters, um, you can just foul him instead and he's he's probably gonna miss. Now you have a a dude in Dame that's going to be your primary shot maker exactly. and ball handler late in games. And now it's like, you can't, you can't really, you can't double Dame because there's Giannis on the court, right? Yeah. They got the full and there's now. Chris Middleton. Who's a shot maker, right? So it's like, you can't, now you can't double anybody and you can't take advantage of um, Giannis's poor foul shooting late in the game because it's he's not going to be the he's not going to be the primary ball handler and shot taker um it late in games uh in close exactly. games. So I think this is going to make the Bucks a really good team. Obviously they they are a really good team. I think they they can be I would say that they're play I would say that they're the favorites to make it 
to the finals. It, it's interesting. We'll, we'll touch on it in a second. Yeah, but like, yeah, yeah. I do think it did hurt them losing Drew Holiday because I think Drew Holiday. I like, love him. He first of all, defensively, he's a dog, right? But it's it's not just that. He's just like a, he's like one of the smartest players in the league. Like he yeah. just makes the right play. Doesn't need to shoot too much. Doesn't need to you know is not a stat pad type of guy. He's he's a very smart player. He's a leader for them, or he was a leader for them last year. Um, not saying that Dame won't come in and and be better offensively. Obviously, he's you know Dame's not going to be as good defensively. Um, but but I I, I do think they got what they needed and so they got better um the other part of that probably (laughs) is you know they sent drew holiday to um portland in that deal and then portland immediately obviously was going to trade drew holiday they don't need a vet point guard and he ended up on the celtics i hate that he went to the celtics because that's a nasty team too because like we just said, Drew just makes such an impact on the court. And the Celtics have those shot makers, so I guess they weren't really looking for too much offense. They have Jason Tatum, who can put up 30 a night. They got Jalen Brown, who can put up 30 now. But in that trade, they did give up their big pieces um, with the center. His name's Robert Williams. Robert Williams, yep. And he was a big role for them too last year when they played um, – the heat he would ball out and he he just does what everybody else in the court for them can't he's hustling for those rebounds he's contesting all the paint shots so now they got what porzingis uh starting there yep. i just don't know how that's gonna yeah i just don't know how that's gonna add up for them so this this is how i feel about the celtics um they they've obviously had marcus smart there for a really long time yeah to me what with Drew Holiday, uh, they also gave up. By the way, in that in that deal, they gave up Malcolm Brogdon. But Malcolm oh, yeah. Brogdon wasn't a fit there anyway. They were probably going to get rid of him anyway. They were able to turn it into Drew Holiday. They basically up upgraded from Marcus Smart to Drew Holiday because I think Drew Holiday is a better. Uh, he he's a better player. He's a better defender and he's a I better agree. offensive player. Now the one thing that that. I don't think it'll be a major issue, but one thing just to consider is that um, Marcus Smart was a leader in their locker room. That that was like a guy that you know they all kind of looked to 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 be more like the heart and soul of the team. Um, I think it'll be interesting to see who takes that that role for that team right jason tatum is the best player on the team is he going to step up into that role and be just the absolute go-to like this is my team i'm him type of guy or is it going to be more like a committee with like jalen brown sometimes stepping up and sometimes drew holiday um the reason i i still think that the bucks are more my favorite to win uh, and, and again, the season, you know, injuries play into this uh, is, exactly. is one of my biggest reasons, because I think um, poor Zingas doesn't he, he gets injured a lot. Um, and if you're I think when you get into playoff series, right, I think rebounding becomes really, really important. Um, and I just trust having the bigger rebounders the you know Giannis is a great rebounder gets about 11 12 rebounds a game um they have a good interior defender Brooke Lopez is really good as an interior defender um 
also a shot maker. Uh, I just I just trust their interior defense and rebounding a little bit more than the Celtics. Um, and especially I think it's a problem sometimes. I you know, I don't want to nitpick uh on them too much, but I think sometimes they can get into this mode of just shooting too many threes. Like Jason Tatum will sometimes do like step back and sidestep threes instead of yeah. like trying to drive to lane, get other guys exactly. in foul trouble. Um, although he's gotten a little bit better at that. Uh, and then Jalen Brown, his ball handling stuff is like actually a problem in the playoffs. Yeah, I'm a big fan of uh, JB as a shot maker as well. But like you said, it'll be nice to see who steps up for them. But going back to the Bucks real quick, since we um, talked about them, I think that that was the Dame trade was such a big trade for them too because of what Giannis was saying prior to the trade. He was talking about they asked him if he wants to finish his career in Milwaukee, and he's like he would, but he's like I want to go to the place that gives me the best chance to win, the best chance to compete. So it just sounded like he was kind of asking for help by not asking for help or saying or like kind of saying he was going to leave, go somewhere else. And obviously they got that championship, so. He gave them what they promised, but that Dame trade's huge for them, and it's huge for him because it's the first time in Dame's career that he's had a team like this with this much star power that's projected to be this good, go to the finals, and just make a run. Right now, it's like it's like the ball is kind of in um, Giannis's court, right? In the exactly. Sense that, like, yeah. the, he was like saying to the Bucks, like, "Hey, you guys got to step up." to you know yeah we got to compete for a championship or we have to have a better team to compete and then they gave him dame right who's an absolute like he's a legend he's one of the 75 greatest players of all time all that right um every accolade in the book um this very interesting i'm not saying either one of them i'm not saying Giannis is kareem and i'm not saying that um dame is is uh oscar and the situation is a little bit different because obviously yeah, yeah, yeah. Giannis has already won a championship but it's interesting with the bucks that like they had that situation in the 70s where like they had a young younger superstar big man right and they paired him with an older all-time great guard uh this is kind of like that's it, it's kind of similar to that let's see if they can win the title yeah. here um it also as a side note this is like it probably crushes like Knicks fans because like every every time a big superstar free agent to be is like saying oh I'm looking around like everybody think everybody in New York thinks like the Knicks are going to get them because the Knicks think they're the center of the universe um (laughs) and it's just heartbreaking because like now if they win a title right I don't think Giannis leaves like I don't like Giannis probably wouldn't want to go from Chris Middleton, who he's close with and obviously is one with, and now Dame, um, and even Brooke Lopez, that that star-studded kind of team, um, to, you know, freaking the Knicks, who you know last year they were yeah, good, yeah, yeah. but like I mean they're not. You Beat know. my Cavs. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, where did where exactly? What do you think happens with um, uh, James Harden because he's been wanting out, not you know he didn't go yeah. to media days and all that type of stuff. So he obviously made a very vocal. Uh, who was he that he was talking about? Was it like the general manager that he's like, I can't be in an organization with him? He mentioned somebody. Was it Daryl Morey? He's got like beef with Daryl Morey now. I yep yep. I think it was him, and he was very vocal about that. So Daryl Morey was like his biggest like 
you know, defender apologist when he was down and when they were down in Houston, right? Um, yeah. Yep. So it's like James Harden, man, get a life. Yeah, I don't know what's going on with him there, but I think that they're gonna have to get a deal done with him in the upcoming weeks or before the season starts at least because there's no shot that he's playing with them and after all the stuff that he's kind of said I don't think they want him to play for him but that's a young team as well I hope that they can get something for him but especially at James Harden's age right now it's gonna be tough to get his age a star his attitude exactly right? and like, a lot again, of stuff it's like it's like all right like here's the problem with James Harden right the only thing James Harden does really well is score, right? But he's a yeah. volume scorer. He's not he's not the type of player that takes like 16 shots and scores like 36 points, right? Yeah. Like if he score he, he's going to score 36, but he's going to take 23, 24 shots to score those 20 uh, 36. Exactly. He gets high assist numbers, but he's not a great he's not a great passer in this he's he's not great at ball movement in the sense that moving without the you know once you've passed it are you moving without the basketball are you able to spot up then and get your shot on a catch and shoot situation like Steph does um he's not that type of player and he's a terrible defender like he he's he's he's, exactly bad defender right like he's a minus defender and he's old so it's like the only teams that would would consider a player of like James Harden's stature are going to be like teams that are like, Oh, we're almost like, we're almost there. We just need an additional like score or something's missing. Right. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, you don't want to like, you know, who, who, who's out there that's going to take them like that. Which team is out there like that, that can, yeah. that can take them. Cause like Miami the- doesn't want to Miami's big in, in the culture. Like they're not going to take James Harden. Exactly. And why would they? And the only team that kind of comes to mind that needs a guard for some reason is the Minnesota Timberwolves because they got Rudy, they got Cat, and I feel like maybe they'd be the only ones to even consider that trade. But what would the Sixers even get back? To to me, if I'm Minnesota, I never make that deal, right? Because like Ant just had that great summer where he played great for USAB. Um at this point, if I'm Minnesota, what I'm trying to do is get rid of Cat. You know, yeah, get rid of Cat. See who wants him. See what I can get back, and just make it Ant's team. Let him be the primary ball handler. Like I don't. If I'm Minnesota, I don't want another guard. Right. I want this year to be about all right, Ant. Can you take that step? Like he can score twenty five, no doubt. He's but like, guy, can yeah. you take that step and be the primary ball handler and the primary person to get the offense going, right? And if they can do that, then then that team can potentially be dangerous moving forward. And so because of that, like I wouldn't let James Harden anywhere near my <laughs> building. Yeah, yeah, that's true. It'll be cool to see where he goes and what they honestly get for him because I can't see a world where they get anything of value back for James Harden and uh while we're on the topic of NBA I want to touch on the West a little bit as well I saw recently that um Jokic was back in the building and they asked him in the media day uh interview like so uh, did you touch a basketball at all during the offseason he's like oh just a little bit and then uh Jamal Murray takes the mic he's like nah not at all 
I love the Joker because all he does is she wins that championship, goes to Serbia, starts racing horses. Starts racing his horses. This crazy. is a side job just playing in the NBA. It, oh my, <laughs> you know, it's so refreshing. It's so refreshing seeing someone like Joker who's like, you know, because like all these athletes are like just, you know, like we saw that documentary with Michael Jordan uh, where he's just like, you know, basketball was everything. It's It yeah, was yeah. my life. It was all consuming and all that type of stuff. Right. And all these guys are like, oh, I'm a competitor. I eat, sleep, dream basketball. And like Jokic, Jokic is like. Yeah, like yeah, I play basketball. <laughs> you know? He's like it's fun. <laughs> He's I've heard somebody was saying so. I want, I want to, I want to give proper credit. I think I heard JJ Redick say it. I'm not sure, but it, it, it this is yeah. not coming from me, but obviously, but um, apparently, like Jokic, like he doesn't even like like to have his stats told to him at the end of games. Really? Like sometimes he'll score like 50 points and have a triple double, and they're just like bro, do you know what you just did? And he's like, I don't care. I don't want to know. Like it's, I love that. It's so, I love that. It's so easy to him because he's either one or two, the best player in the league, right? It's either him or Giannis. Exactly. The best player in the league. Um, Obviously I think he can do defensively. He's certainly not as good as Giannis, right? Giannis is one of the best defenders, maybe the best defender in the league. Um, but there's some things offensively that Giannis can't do that that Joker uh, that Joker can do. So it's like exactly. it's a wash between them. But like I love to see that like <laughs> he's both of these guys have have basketball kind of in perspective as a part of their life and not their life. And like they're able I, to dominate all these other fools that are like this is everything. <laughs> exactly. And um, kind of going off that. Uh... It's cool to see like these international players that like come to the U.S. Like we mentioned, uh, the Joker, and I always see his videos of uh, Giannis. Like he just um, like he's eating Oreos and stuff, and he's like, I spent so much money of my first paycheck on on like these small things that like regular people eat every day. He's like, I love Oreos. He's like, I love uh, brats, just all this random stuff, and he gets genuinely excited about it. Like he's talking to the media, not about basketball, but like eating an oreo like for dinner last night. i don't know he just loves all those small things i just love that about him legit i think they're i think i think those two are like so good for basketball in terms of just like i mean they just seem like down to earth like regular people um and yeah like the international superstars in the nba right now are just like it, it's a real thing we obviously it talked is. about we talked about those two but there's also joel Embiid. there's luca um Shea Shea Gilgis Alexander's Canadian Jamal Murray's yeah. Canadian um although you know like with Canadian players it's a little bit like yes it's yeah, more of a technicality that they're counting, international yeah. players right <laughs> um that was like Steve Nash back in the day um but like yeah like all like a lot of players are like dominant and and from other parts of the world it's pretty cool exactly yeah and while we're talking about other parts of the world I want to touch on um some of the football that happened too. there was the international game that happened in um, Wembley and in uh, London. And did you see that they did the um, toy story broadcast? The, Oh, the, the Jacksonville versus, the Jacksonville versus mm-hmm. was it? And Atlanta? I thought that was, yeah, it was Jacksonville versus uh, Atlanta. And I really liked that they uh, did that too. So they had like animated, like toy story characters, like, 
in real time doing exactly what like the actual players were uh, doing. I saw this one video of Bijan Robinson like breaking some dude's ankles, and then the action figure like on the TV broke the other guy's uh, ankles in like r- real time. And they'd explain it to like kids, like they had like Slinky Dog as like the first down marker, and like the claw place and like the um, ball everywhere, and they'd explain like how many downs you get, how many, or like how football is played to like younger kids and stuff like that. So I thought that was really cool. So I wanted to shout them out for that. I'm going to go the totally opposite way here. (laughs) I'm a fan. I'm a fan. I thought that was the stupidest fucking thing I've ever seen, man. (laughs) I about explaining football to kids. Yeah. Like like if they're trying to get into it. What are we talking about, man? Like, (laughs) Come on. So, so you think kids are sitting there watching this for three hours? You think kids Listen, are man, watching I sat it? there and watched I it. love football, okay? <laughs> I've loved it since I was a little kid. Yeah. Right? I am an outlier in that I would use, I would actually sit there and watch three hour games. You know how rare that is? <laughs> no kid was watching that game like, oh, this is, you know, like, oh, now yeah. I love football. <laughs> I saw yeah, this cartoon it... with a dumbass, big ass bobblehead type of thing <laughs> on TV. You know, it's like what this was an ESPN game, right? Yes. That's why it happened because like ESPN's owned by Disney and Disney's trying to sell some more fucking Toy Story. <laughs> like, you know, like Jesus Christ, this terrible. Ugh. I was so I, I was what... and they kept and they kept showing the highlights in that dumbass cartoon. First of all, nobody gives a shit about Jacksonville versus Atlanta, okay? The worst game there is. That's the only reason they did it. They did this dumbass thing with it. And like second of all, it's like, come on, man. Like, let's just let's just show Bijan Robinson instead of like a bobblehead cartoon of Bijan Robinson. Listen, like, come so on, it's not man. like they only had the Toy Story version. If you wanted to watch the regular one, you could have clicked onto the other ESPN channel. I'm gonna have to disagree with you. I thought it was cool. I liked it, but I see where you're coming from as well. If somebody's trying to watch football or like a kid's trying to get into it, it'd be better for them to. I'm just my because not every game is gonna happen. The, the reason, the reason I I think I go this way, and again, first of all, I'm just older than you probably, so I'm just like, <laughs> you know, so it's exactly. par- partially no, I that. You. I think it's I think like this is just even more like the commercialization of games, right? Like, I like you know obviously i get it right it's like entertainment all of all of this industries you know sports on tv is based around advertisement right but it's like this is just a little too blatant for me right like disney's just trying to hype themselves up on their own platform um yeah so it's like that's true that's like true. For, it's like dude everybody loves i love watching espn I love watching Disney. I don't want to see them together <laughs> in that format. Yeah. That that's what I'm saying. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I see what you're saying there. And um there's a few more games coming up in London too. I do like that they do those games where they go overseas because you just see all those fans in like different um jerseys and stuff. I saw this one shot where it was just just like one row of fans and every single person had a different jersey on. And it's cool to see that there are fans and football is being watched in um those countries as well because i know that the time like like they probably got to get up at like 2 a.m like some crazy time to watch like a random one o'clock or 10 a.m for you i guess game in america so i hope they keep doing that and that's pretty cool to see as well 
yeah i did think it was pretty cool um yeah you know it, it'll be interesting to see um eventually i think they the nfl will try to expand into um i think they're like people have been talking about mexico city and london for a while yep, so yep. you know it'd be it'd be interesting to see where they where they go with that i think before that happens obviously um i think the nba will try to make a move into las vegas that's been talked about a lot i think um, so as well you know hopefully seattle and hopefully vancouver i think both seattle and vancouver deserve um basketball teams that's kind of unrelated but you know just the yeah, whole yeah. international scene of football kind of got me thinking about that yeah of course and uh before we uh wrap up the episode real quick i want to go over some scores of our teams in the uh past weekend so your seahawks they got it done last night against the giant and pretty easily man you guys look defense, good yeah they look good looked amazing 11 sacks the uh our our, our fifth overall pick devin witherspoon Played like an absolute dog <laughs> out there. Okay, a pick six for ninety-seven yards, two sacks. He was all over. He was all over the field. You guys dominated that trade, that Russell Wilson trade. They were showing this graphic, and you guys got Drew Lock, who I even texted you during the game last night. I'm like, yeah, this yeah. guy looked like he was ready for a shot. He's, he's decent. He can field. he can probably be a starter in the NFL. I like Drew Lock. Yeah, and then uh, Noah Fan had that big uh, big game. In fact, um, I know he played decent yesterday, but the Jets, Zach Wilson played decent yesterday, yeah. but the Jets should think about calling the Seahawks for Drew Locke. Yeah. So did Geno Smith come back in? He did. He did. Did he? Okay. Okay. He came back I in, wouldn't sleep uh, to start the second half. He was fine. Um, it was, it was a pretty minor injury. Um, the offense... You know, Kenneth Walker played very well. Um, I want to say DK had a touchdown. We, I did. think we, we, I mean, we didn't need to do much offensively. Yeah. Um, our defense pretty much took care of business. Um, but yeah, I was glad to see it. The Giants are terrible. I felt bad for them, man. They got nothing done and. The second Danny Dimes, man, drops back in the pocket, it was either he had to run for that first down or he was getting sacked because you guys you what, were right there the second. First of all, they got to stop calling him Danny Dimes, okay? <laughs> he doesn't throw no dimes. And then second of all, Caleb Williams from USC. I hope Ooh. he likes New York because he's going to New York. <laughs> he's looking like that. Whether it's yeah. the Giants or the Jets, it's looking like he's going to New York. Uh, he could go I've to Chicago rumors. too. They suck That's what I was about to say. That, that's what I was about to say. I heard the Bears might give up or uh, trade my boy Justin Fields, which I thought he was going to have a breakout year, man, but they just can't seem to get a win. They almost had one against the Broncos, but they blew it. You know what's crazy? Actually, now that we're talking about football and, and these type of quarterbacks, C.J. Stroud and Anthony Richardson have been playing oh, really oh. well. Both of yeah. them have been balling out. Um. And uh, um, Bryce Young has not looked good in Carolina. Obviously, it's only four games. Yeah, he'll pick it up. And I think he missed a game um, with an injury. I'm hoping he picks it up. Obviously, you know, but like it coming in, everybody was really blown away by Bryce Young and whatever he had that cognition test that you know yeah. that was like a big controversy. <laughs> um, 
Like you, oh, he can't pro. He processed so much faster than CJ Stroud. That type of stuff is so. That was so random. It's so stupid, right? Because it's like he's not like we're not expecting him to be Einstein or Oppenheimer. Okay, it's not <laughs> that hard, right? Yeah. Like Steve Jobs, and yeah, like it, you know, it, it, if you can, if you can throw people open and and you can like anticipate throws. You know, and you saw CJ Stroud do that in college. Why would why would there be such like a big story about like some damn you know cognition test. test that he took? So I'm glad that exactly. CJ Stroud is is playing really well. No, I was he, very happy to see the him coverage with that story made it sound like CJ Stroud's a dumbass, right? And I was like, it, oh, it, that's kind of mean, did. right? Like I felt bad for him, yeah. Yeah, because I was like, for none like none of this stuff actually matters, right? Like none of these dumbass tests are <laughs> totally indicative of you know intelligence or football ability or anything and it was kind of coming across as like oh like you don't really want this guy like he's a little (laughs) too stupid to play football right it's like no he's carving up the nfl he's a great quarterback so far hopefully wish him continued success but it's like him and uh anthony richardson people were like oh richardson's too raw he's basically gonna be a running back playing um the quarterback position but it's like some of the throws he can make he's making plays yeah oh like the throws he makes like obviously he, he's a great runner but like some of the th- some of the tight spirals that he fits in there it's like the only other two guys that that make those plays in this league are pat mahomes and josh allen i'm just talking about the throw i'm not saying he's as good yeah, as those guys yet but like the the arm strength yeah. to just like on a rope fit it into double coverage that type of stuff is, is crazy that's great to see those uh, young guys. And before we wrap up the episode as well, I want to do the um, state blind rankings real quick. And I got five guys for you, all right? All right. And the, sta- and the state we're going with today is Massachusetts. Massachusetts. <laughs> Massachusetts. Let's go. Great and, state. Um, all right, I'm going to start it off with the only athlete I have on this list. And he was born in Jamaica. He's- and he moved to Cambridge. Oh, Massachusetts. Uh, Do you have a guess? Patrick Ewing. Okay. <laughs> it is. It is Patrick Ewing. Oh, and where do you put him on that list? I mean, ah, I lo- I'll go four for Pat. I don't want him to be fifth. He can't be higher because I like I know there's probably some really heavy hitters coming out of Massachusetts. But stacked. I love Pat Ewing, man. I had the Pat Ewing jersey and all that. Love Pat. I remember that, yeah. And then for my second I like, guy, oh, I didn't actually, yeah. All right, go, go ahead. For my <laughs> for my second guy, this guy's a Boston guy. I'll always rep some. I'm gonna go with Marky Mark Wahlberg. I'm gonna go five on Mark Wahlberg. Five, all right. There's a nice list coming. So I'm not a Mark I, Wahlberg fan. No, all right, all right. And then for my next guy, we got also from Boston as well. We got Captain America, Chris Evans. So a lot of actors coming out of here. Fuck. I guess I gotta go three. <laughs> he Pat should have been higher than him. <laughs> Another actor from Concord, Massachusetts, Steve Carell. I'll go two with Steve Carell. Steve Carell, absolute legend. He is with, with the Steve. office. And while I was doing my research, it was kind of crazy that Steve Carell, John Krasinski, and BJ Novak, all three stars in The Office, they're all born in Massachusetts. So yeah. I could have picked any one of them. I just went with Steve Carell. You, you and then went the last with the right guy. There. <laughs> and then the last guy 
And I lied one. about the athlete thing. There's actually one more athlete, and it is John Cena. God, from West Newbury, Massachusetts. I was thinking there would be better people for your talk, dude. <laughs> you have no you. These are all just like recent celebrities. I have a problem with this entire list. Ah, the, there was a lot of. Let's talk that... about some other people that were born in Massachusetts or Honorable are associated mentions. with Massachusetts. Yeah. I just want to go through a list, okay? Go ahead. Benjamin Franklin, born in Massachusetts. I didn't look at. Hold on, Deck John Adams, <laughs> my favorite president. Okay, <laughs> born in Massachusetts. John Quincy Adams, president, born in Massachusetts. JFK, a Massachusetts guy. Okay, um, there there are probably several others, uh, Listen, but you go with you go with John Cena. John Cena. No, and no hate, was... no hate on John Cena. You can't see me, but like, <laughs> I mean, there are there are very historically significant people. John Hancock. Listen, I don't realize that there was all these presidents and I'm ben a history Franklin. Buff. I love history, but like. I'll keep that a note for the futures. But here's the guys I left off. And I don't even so the honorable mentions that these were the guys who would have been next up. I had Matt Damon, Ben Affleck. And oh, Amy first Ford. of all, Matt Damon and Ben Affleck should have been higher than a couple of these guys <laughs> on this list. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Next time I'll keep in mind, you know, we'll go with some history guys as well. I'm sure Boston was just that historical town, I guess, but you you hit me with a state of your liking next time. It's like the most historically significant, you know, city and possibly state in America. What are you doing, man? We went different routes. You, you we went totally Frank, went different routes. I went John Paul Cena. Revere. Went... Oh, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just rattling off like colonial American heroes. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. This is right, so not, well, not what I was expecting. As we wrap up that list, it's time to wrap up the episode as well. We appreciate you guys listening, and we'll catch you next time.